What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with Hi, and welcome to Spotlight Women in Jazz. I'm your host, Ava Gallo, and in this podcast, we'll be listening to various women in jazz talk about their career and adversities they may have faced as women in jazz. This podcast is affiliated with 92WICB Ithaca, which you can listen to anytime on our app, 92WICB, on WICB.org, 92WICB on iHeartRadio, or ask Alexa to play 92WICB, and of course, on 91.7 FM in Ithaca, New York. We have a variety of shows, including Jazz Impressions, that plays every Monday through Friday from 12 to 2 p.m. The music you just heard was Alison Crowe's arrangement of What Child Is This? Alison Crowe is a Canadian singer, songwriter, guitarist, and pianist. She began performing professionally in 1996 at the age of 15 with regular sets in coffee houses and bars, and her debut album came out in 2001. Crow grew up surrounded by jazz, classical music, and rock, all of which have influenced her heavily in her own performances to this day, spanning genres such as folk, jazz, blues, rock, pop, and even more. Though she is largely a solo performer, she also is a member of various bands, the Allison Crow Band and the Allison Crow and Band Group, which is the current group she works with. She has been in the top three of Amazon's rock singer-songwriters, hymns, blues, jazz, Broadway, and British and Celtic folk charts today with Allison Crow. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Oh, something I read when I was reading your bio, we have the same birthday. <laughs> Do we? Yes. Crazy. Oh my I gosh, know. two Scorpios having a chat. Yes, I know. And it's the same birthday as Diana Krall too. I guess we're all just That's destined true. to be musicians. What's What's even crazier about that is I'm from Nanaimo, which is where Diana Krall is also oh from. Oh my God. That's so, funny. So um, my dad used to go watch her gigs and stuff uh you know when she was just a kid uh wow. playing at the dorchester hotel <laughs> yeah pretty awesome yeah that's, that's ironic yeah <laughs> yeah weird hey yeah um so what got you interested in music and what inspired you to pursue a career in music um i think you know uh this is actually kind of cool because this is a, a jazz podcast but when i was uh when i was growing up a lot of really close family friends of mine uh, were jazz musicians <laughs> so i grew up around a lot of music i i grew up um a good good family friends of ours the christiansons uh we're all in jazz and and um who i sort of consider almost as close as a sibling uh, though a bit older than me um, they were all going through stage band and concert band and, and going to all the jazz competitions and stuff when I was a kid and, and they used to jam and, and, and I always just thought that was incredible. Uh, so, you know, I think I'd been attending those parties even uh, while I was uh, still in my mom's tummy, <laughs> you know, so I think yeah. just from the very beginning, it's something I've always loved and, and wanted to do. I was I was a lot um shyer as a kid than I am now mm. so the idea of performance used to be quite terrifying uh, to me that's changed I, I feel differently <laughs> yeah. now obviously but uh but yeah so you know I always had these kind of um um just the love of music and and the desire to just learn as much as I possibly could and mm. and uh, get on stage and perform too I absolutely love yeah. doing yeah. yeah yeah and you know it never ends with all the learning I always no, say it does it's not. Like it never ends. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And if I, I, you know, if you think you've uh, learned everything, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely. <laughs> That's what I always come back to. And it's been yeah. told to me since I was a kid. And so I, I always have that sort of in the back of my mind yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I read that you're a vocalist. You play piano, guitar, fiddle, and buron, I think is how you say it. Boron. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you're a composer, arranger, audio engineer, and producer as well. So I was wondering if you could speak to your path as a musician since you've done like so many different things. Sure. Um, well, my first love was piano. Um, and uh, so I started taking piano lessons when I was little, little, uh, five or six, uh, <laughs> I would say. And then uh, along the line, I broke very slims. Uh, so, you know, I, I paused here and there and would always go back to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got into um, uh, the Royal Conservatory with a classical with piano when I was younger. Uh, when I got into high school, I personally started to find it kind of stressful. Uh, so I kind of went out of that uh, when I was in in high school. Uh, but I never lost my love of, of music and I wanted to learn how to improvise. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I started taking a few jazz lessons, uh, up at the university, uh, in Nanaimo, I say here in Nanaimo, I'm in, in Newfoundland now, in Nanaimo, where I grew up. Um, and, uh, and singing wise, I, um, took classical, uh, voice as well, uh, with a teacher who was super cool with the fact that I probably wasn't going to, uh, go, uh, to conservatory for opera. Mm. Uh, we learned those lines, but she also helped me work on, uh, you know, more rock and folk right, and, and right. jazz and, and all that stuff as well. So I was very lucky. I was yeah. very lucky in, in the teachers I had and the music I was surrounded with for sure. Uh, and yeah, from then, uh, eventually, I, I kind of wanted to learn how to play guitar. So uh, one of my favorite bands is Counting Crows. I learned Mr. Jones on guitar, and that was pretty fun. And um, some Ani DeFranco songs on guitar when I was younger. Uh, and then from there, I'm just I'm obsessed with instruments. I, I, like I love learning um, different facets of different instruments. Um, I enjoy also like I, I work as a musical director in theater uh, mm -hmm. sometimes and I love the idea that if if I'm speaking to someone about the instrument play I, I have at least a mediocre amount yeah. of knowledge <laughs> right no that's good to have especially if you're like a music director you need to know all of it yeah just yeah. like the ins and outs is like you know is what I'm asking for possible yeah. right, <laughs> you know, that right. kind of stuff or yeah. am I asking for something crazy um and also I just I just love learning stuff. I've just picked up a uh, cello in the last couple of years, which is really fun. And uh, I just ordered a five string fiddle. I, I like I have I have an instrument yeah. problem. I'm this close <laughs> to like, could I build a harp? Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to play that and probably not. I've never been. But yeah, so that's just kind of my my path is just sort of an obsession with instruments and music and and learning the sort of um mechanics behind all of it and the and the expression of the different instruments you know whereas it, for for me piano is sort of all-encompassing mm -hmm. it it has percussion it has melody it has all that it has bass it has you know uh treble yeah. it has everything so that's my first that's my first love but then you know thinking speaking of cello you know the human voice and cello are so mm -hmm. similar so I just, right yeah. i love that stuff there's a lot of emotion and stuff but yeah yeah. Long story short, I could go on for hours. <laughs> I love that. No, it's so interesting. It's really interesting to always hear everyone talk about like all the things they love in music because it's always different for everyone. It's just I love hearing about it. It's so cool. Yeah, and the boron is a is a hand drum. It's a it's a Irish instrument. Mm -hmm. Um 
And it's something that's really popular where I live in Newfoundland, where there's a really heavy Irish influence in the music as well. And even uh, so it's kind of cool. So there's like in pop music, there's also Boron. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a really neat, you hold it on its side and the tipper, which is the stick you hold here and mm. play like that. And so that's a Boron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. I looked at yeah. pictures before because I was like, I don't know what this is. Um, so I saw like pictures of it and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. It's yeah. really fun to play. And I've actually, uh, when I first moved here, I've I've been to parties uh, and, and there's a thing in Newfoundland called a kitchen party <laughs> that happens. Uh, whatever, whatever party's happening, a house tends to uh, migrate to the kitchen and sometimes, you know, becomes all about music. And, and even if someone doesn't have a drum, I have seen someone pick up like a box of Kleenex or a pot and a, and a stick and, and play, you know, the same style. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. really neat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so something that I found interesting about you is that not only do you perform, but you're also an audio engineer and a producer. And I think when people hear of a career in music, they think it's like all about performing right. and that's all that there is. Um, but there, it's, there's so many that's other careers so in music. More. Yeah. So could yeah. you talk about your career in, in production, like from a more production point of view and what that entails? Absolutely. Um, so kind of as a, um, I would say a stubbornly independent <laughs> musician, I'm very, uh, I don't want to say control freak, but I do like doing what I mm. envision. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm I'm not super good with being like, maybe you should do this instead. Or maybe, uh, you know, I, I saw your questions earlier. One of the things that has come up about as, a, as a woman in music is, you know, the idea of what a woman's voice should sound like. Mm. That, that kind of thing. And I kind of got it in my head, you know, well, if I could just do this myself. <laughs> then I can get the sound that I want, <laughs> you know? So there's there's an aspect of that, but also that comes back to the being obsessed with music and just mm -hmm. how everything works. And, um, uh, you know, I think it's great now, uh, more so than when I was first sort of coming up in the 90s and early 2000s, we have all the abilities and gadgets or uh, now that didn't really exist before mm -hmm. where you, you can just... You, you can produce an album yeah. with not too much stuff in your house with just some some time and obviously a pretty steep learning curve. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but definitely. Uh, yeah. So I started. Um, so for like, you know, live live engineering, uh, and and again, I, I I speak from a place of my experience, and I I have not gone to school for this. <laughs> This is just like learning as I go, yeah, uh, type of thing, um, just out of necessity, uh, budgetarily, and so things could sound like I want. I had my own sound gear for my shows, and I would just mix my own shows, um, which sort of uh, I really started to enjoy. Like it's it's something that I find really cool, something yeah. I find really interesting. You know, just even the sound properties of different spaces, uh, what acoustics work, what don't, um, and then you know, further along that line, um, uh, someone who used to come to my concerts, who was a former follower of the Grateful Dead, <laughs> former Deadhead, uh, <laughs> came to a in-store performance I did once, and he used to record all their shows. So he would travel and record all the shows. And uh, he decided to have a big life change. Uh, he sort of up and moved to teach English in Korea. And he gave me all his gear. Wow. <laughs> and all the shows of mine he'd recorded. And, and was basically including his computer and was like, here, learn. So I, you know, Windows, I think Windows something back in the day, this is like 2004, I would say. Uh, and um, I had 
a version of Cubase and a device called a Motu, which stands for Marketing Unicorn, which I really love, uh, which is just a little audio interface. And from there, I just sort of started stumbling my way through learning uh, what works and what really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot more of the latter earlier on. Right. But as I've sort of hopefully uh, gotten to learn more and, and grown a bit, I, I've started to learn yeah, just more, <laughs> more of how yeah. to get the sound that I want. And, right. and yeah, and also technology has progressed a great deal, Yeah, like over the last 20 years. <laughs> so yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I definitely related to what you said about wanting to have like the control over the sound. I like when COVID started, <laughs> I bought all of my audio equipment and I was like trying to learn how to like mix everything. And I was like, this is so hard, but I don't want anyone else to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's definitely been times where, you know, if, especially if you're mixing like uh, it's one thing to mix solo piano voice. It's a whole other thing all together when you incorporate a whole band and then yeah. then we're talking percussion. And I have one particular memory of mixing one cymbal. And I just I just wanted to sh shut oh. the computer, throw it across the room after three hours. But, you know, that's the kind of that's the learning curve. That's, yeah. the, you know, you learn what works and what doesn't. There would be things that I thought sounded really cool in the room, but I didn't know how to capture uh, yeah. properly or did I, nor did I have the mics to do so. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a, you know, it, it can take quite a while, but I think it's a, it's a journey that's worth it. Yeah. Uh, in the, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you perform both as a solo artist and with a band. Um, and your band has really interesting combinations of instruments, <laughs> like the the mandolin, the cello, the bass. Like, it, it just sounded really cool. Um, how do you work with all those instruments? And, like, would you classify yourself as a specific genre? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it's it's a little bit difficult. Uh, there's times where I, I lead, uh, lean more towards uh, folky. <laughs> and there's more uh, rock and roll times. There's more sort of jazzy bluesy times. There's more even sort of pop-ish uh, times. So I'm not very good at, at unfortunately, uh, saying what genre I am because I love all of it. I love yeah. all styles. I love all musical styles. Uh, you know, I love all instruments. I just, I think they're all so cool. I, I remember I was... Um, musical directing a show out here the first year I ever did it and someone said well I have bagpipes so it's like bring them let's I, I don't know maybe we, could, yeah, we did cool. incorporate them in the show which is pretty cool awesome. uh, <laughs> but um but yeah I just um just love combining sounds and um playing with the sort of communication and emotion from those sounds as well and I, and I think you know um working with people who feel uh as deeply as you do about that is really cool and and who feel um like they can express themselves through that instrument as well is a really beautiful thing so yeah it does lead to being uh i, I suppose pretty eclectic <laughs> as, as as far as exactly what genre yeah <laughs> you know i like Sometimes. that though I good think thank you yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah. genre was like originally created to help market but i think now it's become so limiting because people don't want to just do one genre they want to do everything and i i think that's yes. great yeah yes and i absolutely love that because it feels like there's a bit of getting back towards the art of it rather than the commerce mm -hmm. right that's really beautiful about uh being you know um 
you know, seeing people create things together on TikTok is incredible. Yes. Like the duet function. Yeah. And, and people are putting original works up there and collaborating back and forth just through that platform, I think is really amazing. Like, yeah. I love the internet. I, like uh, from the early days of just like being on MySpace and sharing sharing stuff that way, uh, so aging myself. But um, <laughs> uh, I always had high hopes <laughs> that it would lead to a lot of creative freedom. And it seems seems to be, which is great. Yeah, yeah, TikTok. <laughs> I know I love TikTok and I love seeing the duet. There there was the the Scottish Wellerman. Oh. You know, that one went like crazy, but I yeah. love that one. And now so everyone good. I know is like I love sea shanties. <laughs> like, right? Which yeah. uh as a as a as a now I I, I consider myself a Newfoundlander. That's great because we have a lot of sea shanties. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty cool to see that kind of take off. There's a there's a band out here uh called Great Big Sea that um oh gosh. Bully Boys, something uh, anyway, they there was a song that I think Alan Doyle actually had written for Robin Hood, like the movie that, that he was in. Yeah. <laughs> that blew up on TikTok, so he got an account and Super kind of cool. popped on there and yeah, yeah duetted awesome. some people. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this isn't in the questions, but um, sure. what's like the music scene like in Canada? I I'm I've only been to like Toronto, and that's kind of like so close to New York. It's like you know similar. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm curious, like the vibes of the music scene. I think it varies a lot uh, from province to province, mm -hmm. um, and which is awesome. So there's there's different styles all across the country, and of course, like Canada is huge. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I moved from one coast to the other, and that's about 14 hours in plane rides, yeah. right? So there's a lot of of beautiful, creative stuff coming out of every sort of corner of the country. I feel really lucky to live where I do, uh, because uh, music and art is so much ingrained in into the culture of Newfoundland mm -hmm. um which is probably honestly what uh, drew me here and, and got me to stay because <laughs> uh everyone I know is either in a band or knows someone that is or can play something or you know has a story of uh you know songs that someone sung to them um I'm in a I'm in a show right now uh called Nettie Norris Night which is mm -hmm. is a traditional Newfoundland music show um and this year, uh, our musical director, Stephanie Payne, who I work with a, a lot at the same theater festival in Gross Morn, um, has sort of compile, compiled it so that it sort of tells the story of a woman named Elizabeth Greenleaf who came and collected stories from different communities. Uh, and back in those times, there weren't necessarily roads. So a lot of, uh, a lot of the communities she went to, she had to take uh, coastal steamers, the ships and stuff. Um, to go back and forth, knock on people's door, being like, hey, do you have any songs or family stories? And uh, she compiled them into these these books. And uh, and Grace uh, Grace Mansfield, I think they came from the States, actually, now that I'm saying that. Um, so, you know, we're doing all these songs that are 100 years old that this woman picked up just from maybe someone's kid uh, stood in front of the family one night and, and created a song and sang to their family and she notated it mm -hmm. by hand because there were no recording right. devices back then which is pretty amazing so yeah so i feel very lucky you know i could talk about living in newfoundland <laughs> for ages uh but um just that there's such a, a a rich history of music out here and and in nanaimo there's like a huge jazz scene that, that mm. i uh 
I grew up in as well, which is pretty cool. There's a jazz program there that I have friends that oh. went to. So yeah. yeah so I know the two coasts really, really well. I know there's a lot going on in yeah. there as well. Yeah. yeah. But those are the ones that I know, like from my own experience. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my last question for you. Um, so like as a woman in, in music, um, I've experienced some things, but I'm like also in college. So mm-hmm. it's not like the same as being like in professional situations all of the time. Yep. How would you describe your life as a woman in music professionally? Do you feel like it's been like a hurdle you've had to get over in your career? Um, so it's a really interesting thing. You know, um, I, you know, and I, I recognize I speak from a, a place of privilege uh, as well um, as, a, as a cis white woman. Right. So uh, but my experience, you know, varies uh, over time. So I would say that I definitely had uh, some of the more <laughs> market experiences when I was in the, in the 90s. You know, there'd, there'd be the gigs where you'd show up and, you know, someone's talking more to your chest than they are your face like that, you know, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, I've, I've had a lot of times where I've felt in situations that my opinion didn't hold as much weight. Mm-hmm um in the room because i was the only female (laughs) there uh and that kind of stuff um but you know a positive that i take away from all that is it really inspired me to learn all the stuff myself Mm -hmm. like if i felt like i was in a room and i couldn't be heard i just made my own room (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah so i'd be like um you know i i've I feel I've felt before that there's definitely more of a focus on looks than there are um, otherwise. Right. And, you know, I've say I've done a gig before. This is when I was a teenager. So we're talking about the late 90s where a uh, or early 2000s, maybe, uh, you know, big record exec would show up to the show and be like, well, your songs are all right, but I have my hair in pigtails and be like, but you should ditch the pigtails like that kind of stuff. I was like, really? Uh, You know, now my my internal response to that is just like more pigtails. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to do it more then. You know, that's just me as a person. Um, you know, and that kind of stuff, there was a there was a time when there was a weird focus on the shape of my head and a picture on my website. I was like, what the, what this happened? Um, yeah, anyway. That's so uh, weird, yeah. No, yeah, I've, I was saying to my boyfriend, I, I've, in recent times, I've walked into a music store with him and I've asked a question and they've answered him. And he's like, I don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, there's all that kind of stuff. But uh, something I'm uh, truly grateful for is is that I really was inspired to you know <laughs> learn everything I could, mm-hmm. so that I could be like, mm. <laughs> you have that credibility. Yeah. 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 Even I though know. it should be expected that you do, but you have to really prove it then. It does feel like that. It, it yeah. feels like there's a, a need to prove yourself in, in a certain way, which is unfortunate. But, you know, I am grateful for all the lessons. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of them. Yeah, definitely. But that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the most I can sort of um, think. And in in a lot of ways, um, I sort of miss that whole experience of what might happen at a major label just because I've steered clear of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because there's there's a lot of um, I don't know, like I said, there's 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 more focus on the outward and the product, yeah, which I've never really resonated with. That's never mm-hmm. really been for me uh, yeah. as a person. Um, I'm really more interested in the art of it, and if if that's something um, 
that I can do myself. I'm, I'm probably going to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. You see in like all these documentaries how it like destroys the artist. It does. With all of that outward stuff. So yeah. Well, I remember back in the and this is really interesting because she's she's up in the news a lot right now. But back in the day, I used to get asked questions of like, what are your thoughts on someone like Britney Spears? Right. As though I was supposed to say, you know, there was supposed to be this canned answer that I had about how I felt as a independent musician. I was like, I think she's really talented. (laughs) I think she's really good at what she does. And just what we do is different. Mm. Right. And, and, you know, so there's that sort of pitting women against each other that I just don't. Like, I know. I don't think. Yeah, that's okay. there's always this sense of like competition between women. It's, yeah, it's frustrating. In music school too, it's like this competition, like between vocalists. I feel like especially there's always yeah. that sense of competition, like even within your studio. And it's like we always like say like let's lift each other up, right? But I think like there's always that subconscious thing, like is this person better than me? Like does it matter? No. But and it's it's ingrained, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's one yeah. of those things. And and you know I've. Um, and and then I like I could get on a soapbox for hours about like uh, like competition shows and that kind of thing. I think has sort of ingrained this. Uh, you have to be better than than this. But like, what is better though? Like who right. <laughs> who it's decides what's so subjective? Better? It's yeah. so subjective, you know. And and we're talking about like you know if someone uh, like Bob Din- Dylan or Leonard Cohen went on mm-hmm. American Idol or something like they would through probably you know yeah. like it, and that's crazy to think about and then would we have missed out on all that art right um so yeah and and i i mean i've had uh people say to me like oh watch out they're they're coming for your spot i was like there's no spot yeah but <laughs> we're like it's music i hope you know i hope we can all sing together that's my yeah there's uh, always room for musicians it's like the biggest yeah. industry of people like of things that people want to consume there's always room for more people in, in the absolutely industry. yeah yeah 100 agree <laughs> yeah it's probably because we have the same birthday <laughs> yeah i th- i've noticed that i'm like we're like kind of similar <laughs> like yeah, that numerology cool. stuff yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so funny um i think that's a really great place to end unless you have anything else Ooh. that you want to add no, that's great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for uh, for chatting with me. I hope I didn't ramble too much. No, I know you're that great. I, I do from time to time. No, no, so you're that's... great. It's awesome. awesome. It was so lovely speaking with you and, and meeting Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Nice to meet you too. Yes. This has been another episode of Spotlight Women in Jazz. Check out Allison's album, Tidings, which is fitting for the season as she includes her takes on traditional carols and songs, as well as secular songs everyone loves. The intro and outro arrangement of What Child Is This is off of this album. You can find Allison Crow online at allisoncrow.bandcamp.com, allisoncrow.com, on Instagram at allison underscore crow, and Spotify and Apple Music just by searching her name. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Spotlight Women in Jazz. This is Christ the King, whom shepherds guide.